Welcome to the Decades of Strength podcast. Four women born in four different decades on a mission to help you eat right, get strong, and feel confident in your body. We have all struggled with our body image and confidence at some point, which is why we came together to create this podcast, to remind you that no matter how old you are, you can do this. All you need is support and us, your four empowered besties, to help you crush it on your health and fitness journey. Join us each week for an episode packed on not just what to do, but how to actually do it. We share the crap that no one else talks about because you deserve to succeed and we love keeping it real. Whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or beyond, we got you covered. From four badass women to another, know that we love you, we appreciate you, and you deserve to feel good in your body. Now let's dive in. Welcome back to the Decades of Strength podcast. Today I'm hosting. My name is Kim. Hello, ladies. With me, we have Marcy, Sarah, and Sam. Hi. Hi, ladies. Hello. How's everybody doing this Tuesday? Tell me something good. What's good in your life right now? Tell you something good. Um, I've had to put plaster around my glasses. I look like a a child. I saw that. They're band-aids, right? That's what we call band-aids on my glasses because my glasses are a bit too tight and I can't go and get them loosened. So that's my good news for the day. I look like a child when I'm working. I thought they looked pretty. Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Sam, what's good? What's good? Um, I just moved into Kurtz, so that's good. That's been a a totally last minute, like, we're just doing this, baby, and I'm subletting my apartment, so. I saw that. So did that come come about strictly because of corona? Like, you kind of started doing that, and then it's just kind of like, hey, I'm always here? Yeah. Yeah, totally. We were not planning on it. Um, We had talked about it, obviously, and we had planned to move in together in the fall, but uh, I've been here just working because there's a lot more space, and I was like, why are we not just doing this and saving, like, five hundred dollars a person each month like let's do it and it's easy and it's been like so effortless like my life hasn't really changed it's only improved so we're like you know what we'll do it so yeah oh my god you're an adult uh yeah this is my this is the first time doing this ever with anyone and hopefully i'm never going to do it with anyone else so this is i'm excited (laughs) (laughs) that is good news yeah good news marcy what's good oh a lot is good i'll try to keep it short I, I've been sleeping well, which is very oh, encouraging. That's huge. <laughs> that's huge. It is huge. <laughs> uh, I have this pair. So PSA for anyone who doesn't know, because right now I am wearing my blue blocker glasses. And I've always thought that I know a lot about this kind of shit, but apparently I don't. So I wear these during the day to help with eye strain and it can help you sleep better at night. But I guess when it actually turns nighttime and you're still on screens, which I always am, you really need those like amber tinted blue blockers Mm -hmm. to really make a difference. Yeah. And I had a pair years ago, but they were so ugly that I just could not bring myself to wear them. (laughs) And I've been listening to some podcasts about the blue blockers and the amber tinted ones. And they're like, yeah, you need the amber tinted ones like to actually help with sleep. So... I ordered this really fancy pair as well as this very bougie eye mask from a company called Blue Blocks. And that is on the way. So I'm going to do an experiment and see how my sleep hopefully improves. 
once I start wearing those. They're coming from Australia. So because of COVID and all that, the shipping has been delayed. So it could be a while before it gets here. Next but year. Yeah, I can't wait to see like if it actually makes a difference because people like swear by these. So nice. that's have, awesome. Have we done an yeah. episode on sleep ladies? No, not yet. Well, Somebody we requested it. I really think that we should. We yes. should do that. And let's wait until Marcy's run her experiment. And then okay. we can talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I, I keep I keep looking like at the shipping tracker and it's like still in Australia. Still <laughs> it's in like Australia. the Domino's pizza <laughs> thing where it's like your pizza's being made. Your 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 chef's putting pepperoni on your pizza. You're like, God damn it, John, just put it on faster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I've been sleeping well and I'm in a really good groove with my workouts. That is encouraging because I'm having fun with those. So yeah, lots of good stuff. That is good. Nice. Well, my good was posted on Twitter this morning, ladies. I'm just like all abuzz over here, like losing my mind excited. Lin-Manuel Miranda posted just, it's really soon. The Hamilton movie, like they're making a movie. It wasn't supposed oh, to come out yeah. till next year. It's coming out the 3rd of July, July right? on Disney plus mm -hmm. it's coming wow. straight to TV. I have no idea what you are talking about right now. <laughs> are you talking about really? You've never seen Hamilton. I haven't seen Hamilton. <laughs> okay, so it's a Broadway show. It's like probably like the biggest Broadway show in recent history. It's called Hamilton. It's about the American Revolution. Um, so I don't know. It's, it was just a big deal. I love it. The, the music is incredible. I've gone to see it twice. I know all the, the lyrics. My daughter does too. We sing it all the time. Like, I love it. I love it. And um, <laughs> he announced this morning, the guy who wrote it and directed it and started it, original cast, and it's going to be on Disney Plus July 3rd. Amazing. Oh my God. We'll have to have a viewing party. Yeah, I'm stoked. Zoom. Oh my God. Love it. So love that's it. my good news. Yeah. Lots that's of good, good stuff happening. Yeah. So ladies, the topic today is confidence. We're going to talk all about confidence. How do we build confidence? But where I want to start is obviously the four of us think it's an important subject because we decided to cover it. But why? Why do we think that this is an important subject? Who wants to go first? Mm. I can go first. So confidence was something that I struggled with for a very long time. And it would impact how I would show up in all of my relationships, so family, friends, um, how I would show up at school. And it would also impact kind of what I was prepared to do. Um, so for example, at school, um, because I was very unconfident, I would never ask questions. Um, I would kind of hide away. So it impacted my learning experience. Um, and then if you take that then through life, um, you can see how it can play out in, you know, not really getting the best out of everything. Um, so you kind of end up, you know, going through life, hiding away and not really living to your full potential. Um, so stepping into and like unleashing uh, for want of a better word your confidence is so important so you can go out and fully experience life and all that it has to offer so that's yeah. my view on it absolutely yeah I totally resonate Sarah um this past weekend actually was mother's day and I went home and surprised my mom 
and I, she was like, hey, can you do me a favor and like go clean out your crap from the house? Like that would be a great Mother's Day gift. And I was like, oh yeah, sure. So I went in and, you know, I'm getting rid of all of like my architecture stuff and like models and all of the like memorabilia, like stuff that I had just collected. And I found a journal and Ooh. it was from 2003. So this was what, 17 years ago. I was 13 and it gave me such an insight into what I was feeling and experiencing as a 13 year old, which was like early high school. I think I was 13 when I was a freshman in high school and I read it and I like started crying for myself. It was so sad. And basically the thing, the three things that stood out to me were, I wrote in there, I'm such a failure. Um, and I just can't seem to be good enough at anything. I even got cut from the uh, soccer team and no one understands me. I'm so glad I have my guidance counselor to hear me because no one my age gets me and I just don't fit in. And I was like, holy shit, that, that was me. Like I was so not confident and sure of myself. And I, my strategy was like, avoidance and hiding like that was how I coped I just went into my room I remember just like sitting on my floor listening to emo music not talking to anyone and that translated into adulthood as me isolating myself telling myself like I wasn't good enough I wasn't confident like I couldn't ask for what I wanted because who am I to deserve what I want Mm -hmm. and reading that journal was just such a it like I time traveled right back to when I was writing it. Like I remember how I was feeling, like just so inadequate, so not good enough in my like in my physical body, in my abilities. And so I remember being like, well, there's one thing that I'm good at, and that's getting people to um like that is that is like connecting people and like my personal development. Like that's what people always complimented me on was like, oh, Sam's so mature for her age. She's such an old soul. And so I took that thing, the one thing I felt like I had going for me and ran with it, which was like personal development. Like at a, at a really young age, I was like, I'm determined to just do that really, really well because that's how I got my validation was from like older people recognizing me and giving me the validation. And so that's like, honestly, why I started down this journey was like, because nothing in my life seemed to be good enough. Like I wasn't good at sports. Like I was decent at sports, let's just say, but like, I really wasn't that good at sports, especially team sports. Um, My body wasn't that great. I was a dancer. It was always constantly being criticized and I wasn't getting like a pluses in school and so because I wasn't getting a I wasn't doing the best that then I just wasn't good enough there so I was like well I can read self-help books and I can improve my personality because that's one thing I can control and that just set me down this like personal development road because that's the only thing I could do that people were giving me attention for so that's that was my first like I had that experience this weekend and it totally took me back so yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. And I think that's honestly the, been the catalyst in helping me develop my confidence because I didn't have any. So I, I had to like create it for myself in all the other ways in my life that I could control. I can so relate to that, Sam. I do not want to read my old journals. I have some and I don't read them, but I, I can so 
relate to that. I, I grew up and I have this memory and it just like over and over plays in my mind. I just have thought this thought so many times. I would look at all these people who I knew and be like, I don't have any talents. Like all of my friends are so talented. Like she's a dancer and she's a singer and she plays an instrument and she gets the lead in the play and she's really good at sports. And I would like be like, I am just not good at stuff. <laughs> like I just, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I don't have any talent. Like when will I get one? <laughs> when will I get one? And I just, that was like an overwhelming recurring thought growing up. Yeah. Um, and even like as an adult, like I really felt like that for a very long time. And it's, it's a word, confidence is a word that comes up on the calls I have with potential clients. I would say more often than not, almost mm-hmm. every single call, one of the things they, they express is they want to have more confidence. Maybe it's in their body, maybe it's in the gym, maybe it's in how they feel in their clothes or just in life in general. But almost every time people bring this word up, like I want more confidence. And that's kind of kind of the root of what it is they're looking to get from working with me. You know, no one likes to have that feeling of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. We all want to feel like I got this. And so many of us are lacking that feeling of like, I got this in many or all or most areas of our life at times. Totally. I think that that actually just a real quick tangent of that is the only reason why I believed in myself doing the personal development stuff is because someone said, I believe in you right? Like I didn't believe in myself. I had to borrow the belief from somebody else until I had enough belief of myself to follow through and like keep the promises to myself. And I think that like, I believe in you, I think are probably four of the most powerful words you can tell someone because even if say they don't theoretically, right, but they said it, it doesn't matter. Like you're like, oh, they believe in me okay, I guess I can do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think like, I say that to my clients all the time, like when they have confidence issues or they they don't believe in what they can do. I'm like, well, I believe in you borrow some of my belief in you until you have enough of your own. And I've done that from past mentors. I mean, that's literally my entire life. I've just used other people's confidence to get me to get shit done and like believe in myself. Cause I didn't believe in myself because I had all these other reasons to tell myself I couldn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Marcy, where do you, why do you think this is an important subject? Well, because I've lived it since I was probably, oh, let's say 12 years old and everything that you guys have already mentioned completely resonates. And I feel like that is my story as well. So I remember having a lot of confidence when I was in probably like third, fourth grade. So embarrassing. I thought it looked like Cindy Crawford. She was like the model at the time. And I had, you know, like long hair that was very voluptuous. Uh, voluptuous, that's not the right word. Um, voluminous. I had a lot of voluminous. Yeah, <laughs> and I would go, I remember like being with my friends in the bathroom of our elementary school and like flipping my hair around in the mirror. And, like doing that thing where like you put your hand like behind your neck or behind, like under your head, behind your hair, and you kind of like flip it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes, just like that, Kim. <laughs> um, I would do that, and I would even borrow a like an eyeliner or something from my mom and make her oh my God, like, mold. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I look even more like her, and I'm like, I got this shit. Like, I just, I really thought I was just all that. 
And somewhere soon after all of that confidence just went to complete shit. And I think it's because when I was that age, I seemed to like mature faster than all of my friends. So I was taller than them. I was just, yeah, I just felt like I was more mature. And then all of a sudden I kind of stopped growing and they all shot up after me. So it's like, I wasn't growing up. I was growing out (laughs) And, Mm. and they were all growing up and like they were thin and they had these really like nice figures. They could eat whatever they wanted. And I was just, I hated my body. I also ended up hating my hair. And I remember, cause it was like unruly. It's very naturally curly and frizzy. And when I was you know young, I didn't know what to do with it. So I would have to go to the hairdresser and she would like shave the underside of my hair just to thin it out. Um, so yeah, I, I remember looking at my or pictures of myself and just absolutely hating what I looked like. And then that got really bad in middle school. And I think what made it even worse was I would like a boy and he wouldn't like me or he would start to show interest in me and then he would end up liking my friend. So mm. I always felt like the outcast, the ugly duckling, the tag along. And that went on um, probably through like early high school. And then that's when I was like, I have got to do something about this. I mean, I remember trying to lose weight when I was, I would say 12 and buying workout VHSs and asking my mom for diet advice and all that. And then when I was a freshman, I finally went on Weight Watchers and like really got into the gym and lost weight. And that's when I finally started to become more confident. So as much as I hate to say that how you look contributes to your confidence, I feel like it is the, that kind of first step. So getting your weight under control, feeling better about your body can then enable you to take action in your life that allows that confidence to build. Because even though I liked how I looked, I was like satisfied with that. And there were still other things about myself that I was not confident about. And no matter how I looked, like it didn't overshadow that. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't solve everything. It doesn't solve it. There's yeah. still, you still have to look at learning it as a skill and learning mm-hmm. to accept every single part of you so that when you walk in a room, you're not looking for validation. You can walk in, command any situation and just not have that kind of like looking around or hiding away um, right. the validation or not wanting to be seen at all. Yeah. yeah. And this is something that I tell my clients a lot who struggle with confidence I was like, confidence is less of a look and it's more of an energy Mm -hmm. and a way of being, a way that you carry yourself. Because I have seen some people who may not have the perfect figure. They may be a little bit overweight or, you know, not like ideal in society's standards, but they they rock it and they fully own who they are and they are confident. And it's just the way that they carry themselves that uh, like exudes that confidence. Whereas I've seen people who are the opposite, you know, they are like, they have that kind of like ideal look. And I put ideal in quotes because it's more like what society tells us we should look like. 
Um, and I know plenty of people like that who do not carry themselves well and are shy and timid and, and you can just feel it. Mm. So yeah. it's a really good point then, Marcy, that it's not, though people can and do go through like physical transformations and come out the other side more confident, it's not necessarily looking a certain way that makes that confidence appear, be there or not be there. Like you just said, there are plenty of traditionally like, you know, ideal looking type people who aren't confident. So where does confidence come from? Mm. I think Sam nailed it when she said keeping promises to herself. Yeah. I think- if it's a muscle. That, it's huh? like, it's totally a muscle, right? Like confidence yeah. is the muscle that's not seen, but when you have built the confidence muscle, you can do anything that you ever wanted. And it, that sounds so cheesy, but it's like, I, I think, I think also Marcy, you touched on such a good point where like your physical transformation sometimes is the very first thing that you need because you can you can visually see the change, right? Like when you, if you have a weight loss goal or you have a health and fitness journey, whatever goal, and you can see the actual change, it's like proof to yourself that you can do something. And when you can see it, you're much more likely to continue. Whereas like, you know, that's why tracking stuff and like seeing your progress is so important in order to keep going because you're like, oh, I did that. Cool. If I did that, then I can do the next thing. And it's like, if you never, or if you never take a look at what you've done, it's never going to feel like you've gotten anywhere. Mm-hmm. So you have mm-hmm. to periodically check back and be like, wow, I actually have come so far. Yeah. There's still more I want to do and, you know, things I want to accomplish, but having that physical transformation, at least for me, that was the first thing that I did to like prove to myself I was good enough. It was like, well, fine. You don't think I'm fit or attractive and nobody likes me and I'm not good enough. At least I can change my body. And I almost went into it in like a, you know, like a revenge body. I was like, well, screw you. Screw everyone. Like I'm going to do this for me. Blah, blah, blah. And I did it, you know? And then I realized like, wait, now what? You know, like I, I was still like, I wanted, I wanted more. And so, but it also translated into me getting a hold of other parts of my life because I believed in myself enough and I got those results there. I was like, oh, if I could change my body, I could change my finances. I can change my relationship with, you know, a potential partner. I can build a business. I can quit my job. Like mm-hmm. building my body allowed me to have the confidence to leave my nine to five and start a business, to get into a healthy relationship, to get out of a lot of credit card debt, like to do all of the things that I didn't think were possible for me. And Sam, I think for a lot of people, I know what this is the way it was for me, um, what you're talking about there, it's not actually the physical change, but it comes back to what you said at the beginning, that idea of trust in yourself because you're keeping mm-hmm. those promises to yourself. And in order to make those physical changes, you have to be doing that. You have yeah. to be doing it, right? You can't not be keeping your word to yourself and make these big physical changes. And so I think it comes down to the sense of competency. Like I said, I'm going to do X and I did X and I did X over and over and over and I have mastered something mm-hmm. and it could be anything. It doesn't have to be this physical transformation thing. But when we you know, put ourselves in situations where we are forced to master something and we do it, we overcome it. I think that's one of the best ways to build confidence. Yeah. Confidence mm-hmm. comes through action. That's it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can't get confidence yeah. thinking about trying to be confident. It doesn't work like that. It only comes yes. through action. No, which is why that whole thing, I posted about this on my Instagram a few weeks ago. One of the worst pieces of advice I was ever given was fake it till you make it. 
Oh my god! I was yeah. just like, that doesn't that. doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, like it just it that just leaves people never actually doing the things that need to be done in order to actually be able to find actual confidence and to be able to start living it. It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's a a Sarah, I actually think it eats away at people's confidence. That yeah. whole fake it till you make it thing. Yeah. Because you're you're fearing that people are going to think you're faking it. And yeah. you are, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And so it's so much better to not fake it, but to really speak out loud to yourself what it is you're afraid of, what you feel inadequate. Like be really clear, like even with other people and be like, here's the thing that like I'm struggling with, like, and be really clear about it yeah. and then work to overcome it. And in doing that, it builds so much more confidence than like faking it and being worried, you know, worried about being found out all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. And something I will sometimes do with clients when they first start with me, if you know, confidence is a thing, is we will look at just really like like small things, like getting them to you know commit to that when they go out in uh, for a walk, they're actually going to be conscious of their posture and pulling, you know, actually walking with their head held up high and their shoulders down. And it can really be like starting with something as small and as simple as that so that people actually open up and start to see that it's not so scary when you're, when you're kind of standing tall that nothing bad is going to like happen. So I think for anyone out there, when you, if you are someone who struggles with not being confident, don't feel that you need to like decide that you're going to go and, you know, sing in front of a live audience in a stadium or something. Because I genuinely do think some people are under the impression that in order to prove that you are confident and to feel confident, that's the level you should be at. And Mm -hmm. it's not like it can be the smallest, smallest thing. So find the, the simplest thing that has the least resistance for you and just start practicing it day in, day out, over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love that too. The thing that has like the least resistance. So focusing on those small wins, because if you start with something that feels unapproachable or like out of your league, unattainable for you, then you probably will have more resistance around doing it. And then that's going to kind of like chip away at your confidence. I am sorry. Like my dog is going crazy. There <laughs> is a truck in the background. Like this is real life people. <laughs> real life yeah actually marcy you just touched upon a great point that i feel like a a good analogy we could use to like make this more uh, applicable for people so say if your goal let's just use money because it's a metric like say your goal is to is to save a hundred thousand dollars right like that's a crazy a huge amount but like you can do it like you can tell everyone could save that amount of money if they really wanted to do it right we can even say a thousand dollars imagine if you said okay cool. Tomorrow, you're just going to save $1,000, right? Then then there you got your $1,000. People be like, uh, no. But if you save a dollar a day for the next 1,000 days, yeah. right? it's like that is way more approachable and you can actually do that. So I think like it's also a matter of being like, where am I now? Which may be in a shit ton of debt. And no, you're not going to be able to save $1,000 tomorrow because you don't even have that much money to begin with. But you do have a dollar. And if you don't have a dollar, you can probably find a dollar by walking outside and looking on the street, right? So it's like, (laughs) okay, I can do this. And consistently showing up and doing that thing. So like meeting yourself where you're at and 
um, really just trusting that like, if you do it every day, it will happen, right? Like there's math involved for, for saving a thousand dollars. Like, okay, if I save $1, a thousand a thousand days, that's a thousand dollars. And trusting the same way that like, if I track my calories and I want to lose weight, I will lose the weight if I just keep showing up. So it's not only trusting in yourself, but it's trusting in the process of consistent showing up and keeping the promise. And I think that for me has been such a huge game changer when I find myself in like the comparisonitis or comparing myself to where someone else is at and what their journey is. Yeah, we'll just cut this part out. Oh, she's back. Okay. So some really good ideas um, that you've all presented that we have all just discussed here about where confidence comes from. Let's kind of continue this conversation and really come up with for people specific things they can do to increase their confidence. So if they're just not feeling confident right now, um, I like Marcy's idea of, you know, picking something very small. I think it was Marcy said it, picking something very small and working on that. What are other ideas that you have, specific things people can do if they're just not feeling confident to start building some? I think one I can me. go first here while you guys are thinking. I just, I just kind of sprung that on you. One of, the, one of you ladies said something that I think was really powerful. Um, and that is, I think, Sam, I think it was you. And that you can borrow the belief of other people until you feel mm-hmm. it yourself. And I don't think that's at all like fake until you make it. But look for people who are going to build you up and, you know, rely on the fact that somebody else can, can believe in you and trust in that as you start to take really small steps, um, very small steps and go back to that and then monitor your own self-talk for, um, when you're being self-deprecating, when you're getting down on yourself and talk back to that voice in the voice of the person who does believe in you. Mm. Um, I will, I'll kind of go off of that. And I love what you said, Kim, the, the borrowing the confidence from somebody else, like their belief in you, because that has been very helpful for me too. Sometimes I will have a lot of self-doubt, negative voices in my head that says, oh, you could never do that. You know, you would never be good enough at it. But somebody else says it to me like, oh no, you are really good at X thing. Like you are really articulate or engaging, whatever it may be. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, if, if that person who I really trust and look up to feels that way about me, then, you know, really how I feel about myself is just a story that I'm creating. Right. So there's that, but then another component to that is looking for what I like to call expanders. So Sam, Sarah, and I, we do this manifestation work and the woman who came up with this manifestation framework part of her framework is looking for expander. So that basically means people who are similar to you, who are doing the thing that you want to do. So it's basically telling your subconscious that it is possible. So if you are looking at, it can be social media, it can be a friend, it can be, I mean, it can really be whoever. And if they are doing that thing, it can show you that like, all right, I am just like them and they're doing it too. So it is possible for me. Yeah. So Marcy, I think you just said the word that honestly changed the game for me and all my clients, which is possible. So if you don't think you can do something, ask yourself why first, but then secondly, change your language to, I can't do that to it's possible for me to do that. 
because it is possible for anyone to do anything, mm-hmm. right? It, it, you may not do it, but if you yeah. open yourself up to the possibility that it could happen, right, then it, it starts to give you this little inkling of hope and curiosity around like, oh, maybe I could do it, like given the right circumstances and blah, 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 blah. like it doesn't totally shut you off from the idea of whatever you want like happening right so if you if it's weight loss and you've never lost weight before start saying instead of saying i can't seem to lose the weight say hmm it's possible for me to lose the weight i don't know how but it's definitely possible if other people have done it it's possible for me too and that word has helped me open the doors like when i've gotten in my own way or like i haven't believed something's possible for me i know like a recent thing was um like business like growing my business that's been something like where i've had certain limiting beliefs where i'm building like i just don't know if i can do this like i'm not cut out for this i wasn't meant for this like i can't get past a certain point and then being like okay it's possible for me to do it i don't really know how to do it and that's okay i'll figure it out or someone will help me or I'll ask for help but right now like even if I just say it's possible, that's such a different narrative than I just can't do it. Mm. Yeah. Love Powerful that. Stuff. Yeah. Um, so my contribution, I might have two. No, maybe I'll just go for one. Let's just see what comes out. You can do two. You can do two. Oh, thanks. Um, so the first one would be spend some time sitting down and identifying for yourself what your strengths are what are the things that you um actually can actually say to yourself that you feel good about you know that you can do because i think all too often when you are maybe lacking in confidence in one area of your life you kind of forget that there's a whole load of other areas in your life where maybe you are you know, playing to your strengths and therefore feeling slightly different. But because mm-hmm. the comf- the lack of confidence is so strong and so like all-consuming, that's what you focus on. So switch the focus and really like look at what it is that you are good at and start to maybe keep a, a log of things so you can start to see where it is that you're actually showing up and playing to your strengths and doing the doing the right things. And then the second thing, which Wait, is Sarah, kind of before going you do in- the second one, what's, yeah. do you have an exercise that you do with your clients to help them? Um, because I think for people listening, it's helpful to have something that they can do to focus on their strengths. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I have my clients write down, like I made one of my clients the other day, make a list of 50 things she liked about herself. And she was like, what? I don't have that many. I was like, yes, you do. Go. And she's like, well, the first 30 were easy, but now I got to make 20 more. I was like, yeah, girl, go. Like, do you do things with that, like that yeah. exercise? Yeah. That yeah. So I, I'll do something like that, or I'll do a timed um, exercise. So set a timer for 10 minutes. And basically you have to write everything and anything that you know that you can do, even if it's just like, I don't know, um, you remember to water your plants on a day-to-day basis or whatever <laughs> the things is you're showing up, showing up in your life every yeah. day. Um, I love that. And the other thing I was going to say is also um, get really clear on yourself about what are the stories around confidence? Like what are the things that you tell yourself? So before you go into a situation, for example, um, where you know that like you're feeling nervous and you're going to go in and you're maybe going to play small, just pay attention to what is going on in your mind. Um, and 
write them down again. We all know I love writing, but, but write them down and just kind of look at them and ask yourself, like, are those actually true? Are they my, are they my thoughts? Are they my beliefs? Um, and if not, where did they come from? Like, why, why are these here? Why are these showing up? Because you've not just like magically created them out of nowhere. They have come from something that's happened in your kind of past. So it's worth just building the awareness around what is the crap that you actually tell yourself. Cause when you start writing that stuff down as well, you'll look at it and you'll be like, eh, I don't, under, I don't understand. And also you'll be like, I would never say that to like my best friend, or I would never say that to like, you know, my little girl self. So, you know, I need to really stop saying it to myself. Oh my God. I think I that's a really important one, Sarah. Yeah. I just did that to myself like last week because I was having such a bad body image day. And I was uh, like, what are all the things I, I'm like, you know, the stories. And it's crazy because I did that same exercise. You write all the stuff down. And then I asked myself, would I ever say this to a kid? Like I just, I put like a little innocent girl and, and it's like, no, you would never say that to someone. And it's like, okay, it's time to stop saying that to myself. Yeah. You know? And sometimes yeah. we get into those like That's phases. Just such a, it's a- I've actually been like, I've been keeping a picture of a little kid version of me, like me or me when I was little <laughs> um, at my no, desk. So no, anytime yeah. when that like negative, the negative thoughts or chatter comes in, I look at that picture and it's just like, it's the sweetest picture. I'm just like, Oh, you're yeah. so, so innocent. You're so just like, but yeah, like deserving of love and all that. And just because I'm 30 years older doesn't mean that any of that has changed. So mm-hmm. like inner child work powerful yeah Yeah. i think identifying those stories we we um tell ourselves those limiting beliefs is so powerful um because then we can talk to ourselves about what evidence we have that it's not even true Mm -hmm. and that's really a powerful thing you know i've told myself for so long and it was true for a really long time that i'm terrible with technology like yeah, I was truly terrible at technology. And it's funny to me now because I still say it a lot and I have to like, I have to remind myself like, that's not even true. Like I do all kinds of crazy technological stuff. And when a, when a new opportunity presents itself to me, I have to actively remind myself like, Kim, you're, you're, you're getting pretty good at technology. You can do this. And just yesterday I started doing, I downloaded this thing called Doodly and it's very like to make these videos, it's very it's very different from anything else I've ever done. And I'm sitting there doing it and I have to keep reminding myself, like you can make podcasts now and you figured out Canva and like all these things like that are evidence that go against mm. the story in my mind that I am terrible at technology because I can't keep saying it yeah. because I have this long list of things that Just is not evidence to the contrary. Yeah. And it's really, it's really important that we find those things. I love that Kim finding proof of it not being true. And that yeah. is how to get unstuck hundred percent. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you build those from little tiny things because like years ago I had not done much with technology. So of course I was bad at it. I had never pushed myself to do anything, mm-hmm. but then you do that little bit and then you do a little bit more and then you do a little bit more. And eventually you have this whole pile of evidence that means like you just can't keep telling yourself that story. Yeah. It was yeah. the same way with the well, gym. Like I used to not be strong. I can't say that about myself anymore. Like I can't, but I could for no, a long you time. Cannot. Until I proved myself wrong. And I'm like, yes, I am strong. Yeah, that's it. You just got to prove yourself wrong. It's like, or prove yourself right either way, right? Yeah. That's all that matters. You don't have to prove it to anyone else but yourself. 
Hell Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think, you know, some of it also goes back to like self-trust. And this was something that came up to for me. I was having a conversation with my mom. I have had similar stories around technology and around creativity. I've talked about on the podcast numerous times, like in journalism school, I had to have other people do my projects for me, like my page maker, my Photoshop. Cause like, not that I couldn't figure it out. I just like, I didn't want to figure it out. I would get so frustrated and it was like, I can't do this. Someone else do it for me. And when you let other people, it's fine to get help and to get guidance. But at the end of the day, like you still have to do the damn thing because somebody else doing it for you, it's like, okay, it's off my plate. It feels good. But in the back of your mind, you're like, but shit, like I still didn't do it, you know? Mm. So yeah, it's nice that it's done, but I still kind of don't have the confidence that I can do it for myself. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel like I don't, I didn't have a lot of self-trust because I always had people in my life bailing me out. Right. And so Now there has been some stuff come up where in the past couple of weeks where it's like, all right, I could easily have this, I could outsource this and yeah, it would be easier. And maybe I will do that in the future to make it easier on myself. But for now, I am going to figure it out and at least do it once so that I can show myself and prove to myself that it can be done, that I can do it. Yeah. So, oh my God, just... That rings true for me right now. Thank you. For that. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Oh god. Well, ladies, yeah. this was an and incredible conversation. With- oh yes, it was. One more thing I'm going to say, and I've been encouraging <laughs> my clients to do this. I've been doing it myself. Is to celebrate your wins. So, you know, just like we were talking about, write down the things that you like about yourself that you're already doing well. But at the end of the day, because I talked about this on the last pod or one of the recent podcasts, like the negativity bias. So mm-hmm. we all will look for that one thing, whether it was in the past or even in our day that did not go well. The thing that someone said, the way that someone treated us, and we will hyper-focus on that, but we will forget about all the good stuff that went on, like the compliments that we got the promises that we kept our, or to ourselves, like what we were able to overcome. And if you can take some time at the end of the day to reflect on everything that went well, all the ways that you showed up, even if it was small, like I said, just, I washed my hair today when I really didn't want to. Like, you know, all of those things can slowly build confidence because yes, like you're showing up, you're trusting yourself, you're doing the hard thing, even when you don't want to. Yeah. And Marcy, I think sometimes it's not even that we will forget our wins, but we let what we've done that we see as a big screw up negate all of the wins. Like they don't count Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm -hmm, yeah, It drives me like I'm, whenever I do that to myself, I'm like, stop thinking that way. Like you still did something. And when clients leave me those messages, like I won't let them stand. I'll be like, wait a minute. You just told me about this thing you did that was really good. That was really amazing that you've really been trying to do. And then you went on and told me that these other things and you totally negated the fact that, that it, the other thing even happened. And just because, you know, we screw up and I'm putting that in air quotes here, doesn't mean it negates something that we did. That yeah, was we like brush by the good stuff and we hyper focus yeah. on that. But that, that like, is exactly yeah, I did what Marcy this, said. But- yeah, it's the negativity bias. Like that's our brain, right? And it's just like- yeah. It, would, it wants to protect us from those things. So it, it makes sense. And when you can acknowledge like, oh, this is just my brain doing its job, then you're like, okay, makes sense. 
let's shift the focus onto all the good stuff, all the things I have done, yeah. far I've come, all the things I love about myself, you know, like all of my accomplishments and the other stuff. Yeah, it's there, but I choose not to focus on it mostly, you know? Yeah, 100%. Well, thanks for showing up and having this conversation, ladies. This was fantastic. Um, and everyone listening, we appreciate you. Thanks so much for being here. Um, we will catch you next time. Love you. Bye. Bye now. Bye. Bye. All right. That wraps up another episode of the Decades of Strength podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. We know that life is crazy and time is precious, and we really do appreciate you spending your time with us. If you love this podcast, please subscribe, review, and rate it on iTunes. Tag us in your stories on Instagram. Send this to your friends. Please, please, please just tell everyone about it. We are determined to have the biggest and the most inclusive community of women sitting at the picnic table together. We love you, we appreciate you, and we can't wait to hear what you think of this week's episode. Four women, one mission. We are the Decades of Strength. Sam, Marcy, Sarah, and Kim. Catch you right back here for our next episode.